Hello and welcome to Moonies Never Say Die Hard is a Christmas Movie. My name is Kevin. Hi, Chez. Hi, Chez. I just said I can't believe that stuff from the top. I just said hi, Chez. <laughs> nope. Let's not staying. save it. We're not saving that. We are not saving it. <laughs> we There's have to no save way. It. We can't <laughs> save on. it. All right. Okay. So here's my excuse. My head is so stuffed up right now. Two, I'm monumentally stupid. So combine we're, those two things together and you get me saying hi, Chez. We're, we're, both, is, very, we're both very sick. We are, we are, uh, we, we are stuffed up. I'm just coming, in denial. Th- I'm coming through a bout of what I termed as stomach flu online because I had a party because two days later I had food poisoning and I didn't want people to think it was from my party food. And it wasn't. It was from taco meat that I made, so I can't even blame anyone. He and, self-poisoned uh, himself. I self-poisoned myself, which is a good sentence. I'm glad. You almost matched my high chest there. That worked <laughs> out perfectly. But we are on fire today. It's the season. We are bringing the Christmas magic, the holiday wonder and joy. We are here for you. Anyway, hi, Kevin. Hi, Kevin. <laughs> Yeah, I did. Thank you. But I like how you had to call it on purpose. They knew. They knew. But you yeah. wanted them to make sure. Yeah, I want to make sure because I, I am also a little sick. I just got through Nutcracker weekend with my daughter is in the Nutcracker at Count Basie every this year. This is your supposed family for the sake of the podcast. We keep things vague. Oh, no. at the Count Basie Theater in Grand Rapids, <laughs> in USA. Ann Arbor, Manitoba. <laughs> I work side of the stage and there are a lot of kids in it and I'm surrounded by kids all weekend and some of them are sick. And so every year Nutcracker gets me sick. So I'm I'm fighting it. I also walk like eight miles a day outside in this weather. So this was bound to happen anyway, no matter how much I bundle up. <laughs> Hi, Chez. No, so this is all going <laughs> to. So do you want to start over? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is all gold. This is I. You know what? We have to be ourselves on this, even when we say vague things like where we live and if we even have families. But we have to we have to share. We have to break down yeah. the walls. I do want to say uh, we have some really big news, Kevin. What? What is it? I mean, and I know, but I'm acting. I'm acting shocked. We're, <laughs> we we're going news, through. We're just, we're just clarifying everything that we're doing today. That's <laughs> what we we have big news. Wait, wait, wait. Chess. Let's I'm do it again. Excited. I'll act. I'll act shocked right. again, but I won't say that I'm acting. So anyway, today, Kevin, we have some really big news. Oh, what is it, Chess? We have our very first sponsor. Oh, that is exciting. For our ninth show, we <laughs> actually nine. This is nine because oh, six God. episodes of Moonlighting and I'm like, oh, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like it, Chess. It doesn't feel like it. <laughs> I like how the weight of this is already grounding. <laughs> how many more? Kevin, enjoy what we do because, as we've said multiple times in our very cheery broadcast, the world ends at 2040. You know okay. this. Yeah. I know this. Chez knows this. <laughs> we are working out with our intern, Kiki, who is not here because I guess she took the holidays off. But by the way, we're we're on the verge of losing our sponsor because we just introduced it and then we forgot to talk about it. But we do want to say that Moody's Never Say Die Hard and Moody's Never Say Die Hard is a Christmas movie is brought to you by Zini's Italian Restaurant, the only restaurant in America. Zini's, try their eggplant or their kids' menu eggplant. And if you mention our podcast, you get to eat with a friend. Zini's Italian Restaurant. They have the good fork now. Oh. This is, this is, have you ever eaten at Zini's, you and your possible family? I mean, do we get to eat at Zini's now that they sponsor us? 
<laughs> that's is that the only way you can. Is that part of it? Is, is this like Rayo's restaurant up, up, you know, up in Manhattan, where you have to have the table, and the only way you can eat there is someone bequeaths their table spot yeah. to you? I, you know, I've tried to eat at Zini's, but their table is always booked. Yeah, it's no. it's a very exclusive restaurant, people. It's Do we also are our faces painted on the walls. <laughs> like, how does this work? Like, we what's do our we... deal? We do if we break in. Did Kiki sign our contract? Because I see the, the 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 issue is that we're asking who signed the contract means we really didn't look over the paperwork here. <laughs> either one. Or, if we're asking if our cat intern has signed the contract, this should tell you we're new to everything about podcasts. We've mentioned before there is another moonlighting podcast. Kevin, their name? The Moonlighting Podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yep. That knows what they're doing. Yeah. We we are trying to know what we're doing and it's next, a learning curve. next week next week we're gonna be like oh it looks like they're paying us in cease and desist letters <laughs> nice <laughs> i wonder if they can only be used at cease and desist stores <laughs> <laughs> hopefully hopefully you and i will get to toast with bottomless i'm hoping they give us bottomless something even if it's just breadsticks wait a second wait a second okay as a sponsor Mm-hmm. Aren't aren't we supposed to act like we know the restaurant and the food inside and we, we, we know enjoyed the restaurant. it? We are trying and, to and get into the it, restaurant. Like we, but like, well, shouldn't we act like we've enjoyed the food? Well, yes, we should. But we're also saying how exclusive and hard to, it is to get in, which I think yeah, is no, also it's, a plus. It's, it's an exclusive place. Like yeah. it is. It is the place. I mean, you and I have both eaten Italian food and had eggplant. Okay. But, yeah. we, but, but we probably have not had the level of eggplant that oh. Zini's is famous for. So think about the best eggplant you've ever eaten. Right. And this is above that. And there's probably a Christmas eggplant. Remember, I don't know if this is going to be for everyone around, but there there is an ice cream chain called Carvel's, which in the 70s was very famous because Tom Carvel had this remarkably gravelly voice. And what they would have would be Fudgy the Whale. Oh, yeah. But in Christmas, they turned the pan 90 degrees clockwise, and then it became their Christmas one. It became their Santa cake. Because the tail became the thing. So I'm assuming they just turn the eggplant 90 degrees clockwise, and now they've got Christmas eggplant. (laughs) This also seems weird. There's got to be a VeggieTales that's like a Christmas episode with an eggplant. I have a feeling like nine. Oh, I would say, first of all, I think like 98% of VeggieTales were probably about Christmas. And yeah, I'm sure there was an eggplant Christmas. And if there isn't, (laughs) welcome to our new podcast, Eggplant Christmas. But Zinis, we hope Uh. to eat there one day so good you're not gonna regret it you're not you're gonna you're gonna love it it's as we said it's the only restaurant in town maybe don't tell them kevin ches sent you (laughs) well they probably don't know us by name yet tell them our podcast and if our name doesn't work tell them the other moonlighting podcast sent you because they've got they've got much more street cred which is also zinis too well, I don't know if they've got zinis, but well, well we assume we live in the same world. But That's true. <laughs> but here's another thing we probably should do on our podcast. It's wonderful to talk up another podcast, but not saying they are so much better than us. <laughs> Whether I mean, or not they, that is true, they, they, are. They, they are. But we should yeah. probably not knock us so hard because we're trying. We're the scrappy podcast. We're the uh, bad news bears of podcasts, which means there's going to be so much cursing yeah. coming up. No, you know what? I I think this is a good turn for us. I really I'm really seeing big things for us. Well, thank you, Zinis. Thank you. Thank you very much, Zinis. You don't, you don't know how much we needed this. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that is our 11-minute introduction to our podcast sponsor and to us having cold. We're good. We're on fire. We may occasionally sneeze. But today's movie, which ends up being yet another Christmas movie, we tried, people. Yeah, but it doesn't have Christmas in the title this time. It doesn't have Christmas in the title. Is Snowman's. 
which I think we mentioned in our intro last time, is a title that willed itself into a movie. Yeah. That title was there, and it was going to have to become a movie. There was no way else around it. It was a little wooden puppet, a puppet and it wanted to be a boy, and it became <laughs> a movie instead, and that was very confusing. But the Pinocchio reference actually kind of sort of works with this movie as well in some weird it fashion. It really does. It yeah. does. Every nine December episode. <laughs> we didn't even this is our ninth episode. <laughs> I like how it's gonna take for we got I got two words into our summary. <laughs> this is our night because six episodes of the first season. All right, yeah, yeah. Now that we sideline this completely, I just want to point out Kevin is wearing a remarkably seasonal shirt for this. I did. This is our holiday Christmas pajamas, our family Christmas pajamas. Oh, and my kid is family. now my kid is now at an age where she's kind of slowing down on growing. So we actually get to wear the same ones two years in a row because we always oh, have to buy helpful. new ones because yeah. she gets bigger and bigger. So this is this is our second year with these. And your theoretical kid is actually quite tall. Yeah, I mean tall. Yeah. Well, you you are you and your theoretical wife partner Snowman's are also quite those. tall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's all wrapped into one great great person. Just I don't know if we really need to be this vague as we're going to. It's, it's like we're afraid of stalkers. Like nine episodes in. <laughs> We know who we're getting, especially for a podcast that can't even do its summary. No, no, it's I want to talk about my shirt. (laughs) You can talk about your shirt. My shirt is very simple. All it is is a reindeer that says Portland, Oregon on it, which uh, someone is now going to write and say, that's not how you pronounce Oregon. It's like, I know I never get the state's pronunciation right. And it's from my brother who lives in Portland, Maine. But here's a little fact about Portland State. I'm going to mispronounce again. Oregon. Oregon. Oregon, thank you. I know it's always that, and head cold people. There were two options for this city's name. One was Portland, because one of the people came was born in Portland, Maine, so they wanted to name this city Portland. And the other one was Boston, because the other person was born in Boston, Massachusetts, and wanted to name it Boston. It came down to a coin flip. So this is a city that was never going to have an original name. What if someone had come from New York City? I'm not saying that's the biggest name, but it seems very tied into the state, considering the state is in the name. New York City, Oregon. Geography, (laughs) people. We learned a lot today. I didn't know that our nation was founded with coin flips. Oh, like 85 percent of it. (laughs) It's something we could have brought up in our own history book that we'll mention later. Huh? Huh? Tease? Tease? Knows how we're teasing our stuff instead of the damn movie we're supposed to be talking about. What is it now Now that we're just going to be real? Your wife, uh, she was like saying, please, whatever you do, don't make that last another 15 minutes. It's like we can't help it. We are that professional. We are always on fire. All right. So snowmans. Every December 12th since they were kids, Sarah builds her snow bow. A snowman embodying all she wants from that perfect boyfriend. And she always does it with her best friend, Nick. Now it's 18 years later and still Sarah hasn't found that one guy who gives her that special feeling. But with a little magic from a special scarf, Her latest snowman has become the perfect man. But is he really perfect for her? Or like a snowman, will he just walk around pantsless? Moving some of the coals around to make it look like he has a butterfly jeans, which frankly is only going to make things far more horrifying and focus on the wrong part. What I'm saying is anything can happen at Christmas and anything can happen in this movie. Snowmans. I should say the original tagline for this was she's building her perfect man one snowflake at a time, which makes it sound like this movie Holy takes like cow. 72 like hours. A ship in a bottle. Yeah. Like, just like, just tweezers. <laughs> Good 
God, just pick somebody. And the main <laughs> character slowly going blind. At that and point, then, you just you just settle. You just settle. Yeah. <laughs> you just gotta settle. And you know, at that somebody. point, you are not gonna put the decals on straight. They're gonna end up. It's, you know, they're gonna. It's gonna be glue, and they're gonna be sideways, and you're gonna curse yourself, and you're gonna wonder if you should buy a new set. But I will say that was briefer than the 11 minutes it took us to explain this movie. <laughs> So overall, this actually is a very cute movie. It is. I, I really enjoy it. It like, is. It's a very of, enjoyable. Of the movie. ones that I've watched three times, which is all three of them, it's it's the best one of the three. This is the strongest one. Yeah. It is. I mean, it, it won, or no, it didn't. It was a nominee for Manitoba Project of the Year. And you see, you don't get better than that. No. This is another way of saying, yes, they got Canadian tax breaks. But really, I mean, you, you, you're at the top of your game here. But honestly, this was enjoyable. It was exactly what these Christmas movies should be. Again, as we discussed the Roger Ebert thing, did it do what it set out to do? Yes, extremely well. All across the board, it did fine. I will say, because a lot of these all begin with various studio logos from studios you are not going to hear from. Not a knock on the studios, but it it would be great if one of them just started with the old Touchstone logo that I don't think I've seen since 1993. (laughs) Or remember, what was it, uh, Hollywood Films that had the Sphinx? Oh, Classic yeah, yeah, yeah. 80s, 90s studios that I think Disney just shut them all down. They could have started with like a roaring snowman. <laughs> that, would have, that would have looked so monstrous. <laughs> so the studio logo for this looks so much like the Castle Rock logo that for a second I thought, is this going to happen in Maine and is the snowman going to be evil? <laughs> But this, this this movie starts with an issue is too strong of a word, but something that's been a through line through these Christmas movies is these songs themselves. Yeah. Which you brought up at the very beginning, which if you get a classic, it's never going to be sung. Like you've always said, it's not if it's uh, chestnuts roasting, it's certainly not going to be Nat King Cole. It'll be yeah. one of us without head colds right now. Yeah. Or it'll be a song that seems to have been made up on the spot. <laughs> on the spot. This one, you found out, because the one there's a Shazam, kind of falls in the middle. Yeah, I Shazammed it while it was playing, because it sounded like another one like we described last week. It sounds like somebody is being forced to sing at Christmas with the rest of their family tied up just off camera. <laughs> but Which uh, may be the real... plot of our next Christmas movie. We will discuss that later. We don't know. <laughs> it's a real song called Christmas City. Right. And it was written by somebody from Duluth, I believe, for Merv Griffin. So Merv Griffin did the original recording in the 60s of this Christmas City song that I swear I've never heard of. I have never heard of this song. And I listen to a lot of Light FM at Christmas time. And you'd think they'd hit Christmas City once. Yeah, I mean, when they used to do the top 100 when I was a kid, CBS was nothing but Christmas on on. In the New York area, where supposedly I live, uh, oh, no. there are stations that just, oh, as, I can't deal with that. Um, they There are stations that just, like most places, that just go all Christmas. I have never, not once. Now, yeah. the lyrics of Christmas City are sort of like the band from a Guardians of the Galaxy Christmas special when they don't yeah. know what Christmas is and they're just saying random yeah. things. That's what this is. Elves <laughs> yeah. are screaming. Bells are ringing. I'm not saying these are the lyrics, but they kind of are. Could have been. My spine is tingling. Let's go caroling. 
<laughs> See, Kevin, you and I, we're jot it down. Music. Jot it down. This is this is gold. By the way, you should know our uh, intern Kiki is right beside me. Yeah, which means eventually she's going to step on something she shouldn't while recording. And also, I can ask her right now: Did you sign the contract? What did our contract with Zinis involve? Fine. Okay, she's actually being closed mouth, so she screwed this. This may be the wrong, uh, but still, Zinis. Please eat at Zinis. Oh yeah, eat there. 47 minutes on our sponsor because really that's what i mean listen business-wise that's actually what we should be doing forget I this i promised i promised my wife that we wouldn't spend more than two minutes on zinis because i was so excited about it and she knows when Ches and i get excited about something we could turn it into two hours we very can lose easily days <laughs> and, and so here we are yeah. I, i'm I don't want to check the time on the clock, but no, I'm do, pretty do sure <laughs> we're past our two minutes of ZD. Oh, yeah. No, it's we have written scripts. We have written scripts, people, where we fall in love with with a tertiary character and we go all in. Yeah. We, like, we what is this show focus. even about? <laughs> it's like, oh, God. Yeah. What are we even talking about? You know what? If the, <laughs> I just saw I just saw Kiki behind you. Give me the wrap it up. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. So, so I'm sorry. We have to move on to snowmans. Yeah, when Kiki licks herself, that's, yeah. it's time to keep going. So back to snowman. The guy who plays the snowman that comes to life, Cole, just just goes for it. It is an all time performance <laughs> of, of snowmanness. And he's remarkably charming. And he's actually funny. And he's actually sweet. And he actually embodies everything she wanted in the boyfriend. Yeah, because Sarah. From the very beginning, when we see her about 12 years old, the first thing we see her is making a snow bow of a yeah. guy, of a kid she likes. Something Dean, Papadopoulos. Dean Papadopoulos. And she's gone so far as to actually put Dean's baseball cap on it, which admittedly is a lot because you're, you're that this close to putting, you know, locks of hair <laughs> yeah. or, you know, or maybe yeah. a tooth that fell out from him or you made sure fall out from him as one of the teeth instead yeah. of a rock. It's an unsettling detail to start off. And Dean is not happy and teases her. And then her friend Nick comes over and helps her build the perfect snowbow using one of his hats on top. We should say Nick has lost 18 hats over the years. Easily. He puts a hat and he <laughs> never sees it again. That hat is gone. And so they take it and they take a selfie with a uh, one of those old Kodak uh, disposable cameras yeah. that he keeps in his pocket that we all did at age 12, just shoved yep. in our pocket. And thus begins a, a tradition, a Christmas tradition. And over the years, we see them making various snowmen, which is actually cute because we see how they change in style depending what a person, what she of that age likes. Yeah. And she is very focused on finding a boyfriend from a very early age. And it's sort of like the series How I Met My Mother, How I Met Your Mother. I met my mother. That would have been a completely different series. <laughs> it yeah, that started been like day one. Day one. <laughs> Hello! Exchanging business cards the moment you come out of it. But how he was so focused on finding or getting married that you were going, oh, you can have fun being single for a while. You know. Yeah. But she is really focused on getting a boyfriend. And Nick is very focused on being with her and helping her. And obviously, as these things go on, obviously, Nick is attracted to Sarah. Everyone in town yeah. knows Nick is attracted to Sarah. Sarah's dad, and this is a traditional Christmas movie thing. One of the parents is dead. Mom's dead. The, mom's dead. Dad is very nice and very understanding. And dad's relationship with it, with his wife defines everything that his daughter wants, Sarah wants in a relationship. Yeah. But everyone knows except Sarah. And that's believable. That can happen. 
If you're yeah. so focused on something, that could happen. You know, if you've never had a date at Zini's Italian restaurant, try the red plant, <laughs> you wouldn't know that you two have that magic moment. Yeah. Although they did date for a week in high school leading up to an event that apparently involved something falling him falling something so like far the off the stage. But he fell know. off so resoundingly that he left an indent on the floor, which sounds like not only his coccyx should have been shattered. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nick sounds like he should no longer be walking. Or he's also some sort of mythic man, and he hasn't realized it yet. <laughs> no one in this town is real. It's just Sarah playing with models. But it is now present day, and Sarah works for Twin Cities Life magazine. Yeah, which a is very important magazine. Very. I was important. impressed that it was online. I was about to say the same thing. They 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 knew not. To, there there are questions about this magazine we could bring up. There are questions that actually are a through line through a lot of Christmas movies. But she uh, she works this magazine and she longs for adventure. She I longs mean, for big romance and adventure. She wants big man big romance and adventure. She yeah. wants she wants to do a travel section in the Twin City Life magazine. Right. Like she wants that's what she wants to do with her job. Like she wants to add that to yeah. this magazine. And she gets shut down at every turn of trying to leave St. Paul. Oh, yeah. It, it's a, it's almost like it's a wonderful the, life. The through line of this is you cannot leave St. Paul, Sarah. You're just not allowed. The, the editor is like, no, no, we don't need travel. It's St. Paul. Everybody loves it here. Who doesn't love St. Paul? <laughs> I will say this. Th- this. This movie is a really big Twin Cities booster. Yeah. You know, maybe if she lived, you know, maybe the people in Minneapolis, they can leave, but not St. Paul. But she's never left. Never. She has never left the city limits. I think they actually say city limits. <laughs> They've never accidentally driven to the end of the city and taken that one step as like a dare. <laughs> Again, I think we referenced this last time. We were saying once upon a time, you can't leave the town. The fairy tale yeah. creatures can't leave the city. Uh, it's like watching Groundhog Day. Did he ever try? Uh, remember this Palm woman, Springs? Palm Springs. Yeah. She she makes it out, but she gets back in. You can't leave. You can't leave St. Paul. That's their. That's the town. That's the city this, logo. This woman is being Truman showed. Yeah, God, yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. She's so, being gaslit. I felt bad for her by the end because her dad's in on it. The magical snowman's in on it. Somewhere Nick is Ed, in on it. So, somewhere Everybody Ed Harris is in on it, controlling it. Yeah, everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's... The dad is Ed Harris. Yeah, the dad's Ed Harris. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want her to leave <laughs> at all. By the way, I wanted to take away from that whole thing going, Ed Harris was in a Christmas movie? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to write this travel section they tell her no but they offer her the big christmas spread like the big article that that is very important so instead of a christmas pageant or a christmas soiree as soiree, a christmas frequency. Or any of that, like the big thing is this magazine's christmas article so the big thing in saint paul the thing that matters the most to this movie outside of romance right. is her getting this article because it matters to the magazine because the magazine gets all their renewal subscriptions based on the christmas story so here's here's a couple of things now maybe this is a little more in we're going to do more online, but publication. Your Christmas content now online is yeah. a little different. Your Christmas content cannot start mid-December. No, 
No, no. And this is it. The, the yeah. Christmas content isn't even starting mid-December. The talk about Christmas content yeah. is starting mid-December. You're, listen, if this were a public, if this were a published magazine, you know, an, an old, old school print magazine, that issue comes out of November. And December is your January New Year resolution yeah. thing. Online, at the very least, you are hitting this before Thanksgiving. This is, they're not there's, even They're still talking, brainstorming they're about, just to bring ideas to the editor on like December 13th. We know the date because December 12th is always when they do their snowman. Yeah. It's like, remember a Christmas frequency, not to be confused with the Christmas frequency, because, you know, you don't want to dream too <laughs> yeah. big. The whole blind date for the Christmas soiree promotion started four days before Christmas, yeah. when in fact that's something that takes two months of planning so you can get a sponsor as good as we have with Zini's Italian Restaurant. Uh, oh, so Zini's, good. So good. We assume. It's interesting. And also, as you pointed out, all their subscriptions come in. She, she basically says the, the senior editor who is doing her darndest to sound like Marge Gunderson from Fargo. I mean, she just is going just all in on this. All in. I mean, to the point she's that from, she's from Winnipeg because she this was, is she was trying to do Minnesota real hard. She was. It, it's like it's like some relative over encouraged her one time. Said you really do a good Minnesota accent. And we just went yeah. all in on this. It is a staff. That seems to consist of Sarah. Eventually, mm -hmm. Nick will be brought in to do the illustrations. Nick is an illustrator. Yeah. And Sarah gets him the job because they are very good friends. They always hang out together. And she gets him a job because Nick, I like Nick's cartoon work. Whoever's doing the cartoon I really work liked here, it. I yeah. really, it was yeah, really, really a lot nice. of fun. Very colorful. Had a very particular style. So one outsourced artist, Sarah, the writer, the senior editor, and someone whose job, I don't know what it is, but that would be Isabel, who also is the classic best friend the most minnesota woman you could make and she's just a delight she's genuinely funny here's the thing people are actually some people in this movie are genuinely funny her character the, is her character is written funny written funny and the person perfectly cast her diet consists of at some point she killed an 800 pound elk <laughs> yep. and she is subsisting on that through the winter months it's very classic because she always has a large bag of elk jerky that she made that yeah. she will offer to anyone that she either has at her desk or in her coat or maybe in her glove compartment or she's wearing a hat under the hat. <laughs> and she will give that to the other one. The other thing is she has a crossbow because she is a hunter and the crossbow is kept behind the shelves at work. Which, and they they call it out. They call it out. It's like And she and her answer to that is, I mean, where do you guys keep your crossbow? And great. that's a that's a fair enough answer. Yeah. I mean, because I don't have an answer to where I keep my crossbow, mostly because I don't have one. But, you know, it's crossbows. We This is our second crossbow in our podcast. Remember episode six uh -oh. of Moonlighting, the, the yeah. crossbow that was supposed to in, in the, the very, the yeah, very yeah. questionable season ending episode of season one. But, yeah, so she is a delight. She knows that Nick has had a crush. She's the one who tells us the story of Nick, Nick shattering his pelvis falling <laughs> off the stage because everyone in town's know. I don't know if everyone all went to school together. I'm assuming they do. So this is a similar town population, even though St. Paul's a pretty decent sized city. It is. This is, this feels like the same town size as Ann Arbor in a Christmas frequency. Like we don't know 13 we, people yeah. in St. Paul. So December 12th this year, once more, Sarah is a little heartbroken. She broke up with yet another guy. Her dad is worried that she's focused too much on. He, he has a bigger speech later on. I mean, a, a big speech. Yeah, it, it's a really big speech. It's like America Farrow's speech at the end of Barbie. It's fascinating. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's 
<laughs> it is that level of yeah, well-written. I was weeping at the end of this one too. Oh yeah, now it's like there is so much truth here. In the Barbie one, yes, this. You know what? It's actually a fair point he makes. It is, but it's it just is. more of the Ed you Harris. Yeah. Ed Harris making sure she stays. I, why? Why are you going to Paris? She almost gets to go to again. It's Ed Harris, and it's a wonderful life every time. So Sarah, upset, decides she's gonna. It's she almost forgets. Nick actually has to remind her. It's December 12th, and like on the character, like, you know, St. Lucia and all the other holidays of this time, at Krampus Day, it's snowmaking day, snowman-making day. Here's where things are a little different. Every one of these snowmen are named Cole. And here's the difference. Her dad decides this is the year that to present the scarf. Now, this is a red scarf that he first saw his future wife wearing in Paris. It just drew her. It, it was that article of clothing that just drew your eye. Now, I'm going to say, I, I, yeah. I think we're going to say the exact same yeah. thing, but go ahead. He, he go, described go. it as a burst of color, essentially against the drabness of Paris. Paris. You know, when you think of Paris, how gray and sad you think of it in your mind. <laughs> there was this red scarf that came that shone brightly against the grays the and blacks of paris so do you know what i thought of when he said that it's and not the happiest list. stuff schindler's list yeah the little the girl in the little red coat against the gray drabness of an area that really was just horrifyingly gray drabness was not paris in what the 60s or 70s <laughs> timelines are a little weird yeah right? yeah so that was an odd little segue thought in a christmas movie but gives her the scarf now this, as we find out, is the scarf that's going to make our snowman come real. This is the Frosty's magic hat. And I kind of hope that the moment, the first thing he would say would be happy birthday. <laughs> if you want to look at it, is this the movie that is like Frosty, but Frosty the snowman and Karen just hang out a little too more than they should? For the little <laughs> that's, that's a disturbing thought, and I'm afraid I said that out loud. But that is essentially somewhat what's going on here. It's it, This movie does is purposely frosty with a magical article of clothing yep. and comes alive. Now, the difference being here is uh, this would be frosty if frosty just worked out. Frosty <laughs> just hit the gym. Now, granted, yeah. it's not that you look at him and you go, OK, he's muscle bound. But there's a scene where he takes off his shirt that everyone looks surprised. And this was there's a scene later when they kiss. Nick walks in on them kissing, which breaks his heart. And they're yeah. kissing. And I'm thinking, okay, I know you need that, but this is their first kiss. Like, this is also, and we'll find out why there's a series of dates happening. This is also like their sixth date. Yeah, it took a long time to kiss. I think you have to kiss somebody before you fly to Paris with them at least once. I mean, you have to have that stamp on your passport. <laughs> I mean, just, 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 you know, lip, lip gloss stamp on, you know, just. Yeah, like if you're going to go away with somebody that you're falling for, you probably should have had a kiss at some point. But they kissed right after that. Right after she agreed to go to Paris with them, they yeah. do kiss. Because I was writing the note, she should probably kiss this person before she agrees to spend <laughs> the rest of her life with him. And then they did. Yeah, I mean, first of all, let's be honest. If you've known someone for a couple of days, and again, these movies always take place within a short period of time because it's all Christmas season. Yeah, yeah, you probably shouldn't be making these big travel trips, especially when you don't know, one, this person's last name. Yeah. Two, he works for uh, an adventure travel agency that when Nick, who's trying to find all the information, is adventure travel agency. Cole says he's from St. Paul. But he never met his parents. 
And mm-hmm. he's never, uh, he's always gone after Christmas or during, by January, he's gone. And he's by never Christmas around. By Christmas Day, he's gone. By Christmas Day, he's gone. So obviously, all these parallels are that he's a snowman. He, when he goes on his first date with Sarah and sees carrots on his dish, he kind of freaks out, which is actually cute the way they, yeah. again, the actor who does, the, all the actors are actually good in this. They actually do their jobs very well. Isabel's great and Cole's fantastic. He never gets cold. He always, that this will be our moonlighting connection. His wardrobe reminded me of Bruce Willis in a Sixth Sense. It's the same clothes, just arranged slightly differently each time, but it's always yeah. the same plaid shirt. Or it's sometimes that dad kind of cardigan over it. Never a coat because he's a snowman. He doesn't mind the cold. So it's always the same drug. He cannot take an open fire. He sweats. It's sort of like when, when Frosty dies in the greenhouse. <laughs> he, at one point, which I liked, when he finally enters Sarah's home, which sounds like what you do with a vampire. Yeah. She, she permits, like, I always wonder what this looked like on the inside. It's like, oh, I must have passed by. She said, oh, did we play together as kids? You know, I said, yes. See, in that, in those moments... Normally, the Nick character is he's in love with the main character and he's jealous. It's a classic romance. It's a classic thing for him to then question everything that's going on to eventually annoy the main character, right. like to annoy Sarah. But his questions in this movie are legitimate. Are remarkably like, it is, legitimate. It is creepy how this all lines up and the statement of, I've always wanted to see the inside of this house. Like I've always seen this house and I've never always wanted to go in. And then he's appeared at her door. He, his name is Cole, which is like, like all the coincidences are a little weird. Yeah. I mean, cause she wakes up the morning after they build the latest version. The snowman is gone. She assumes kids yep. destroyed it, which I would have assumed as well. Like that, he but, shows up but at the door. destroyed it, and there's no evidence there's of any no snow. Evidence. Like, they packed it down to just snow again. They, they like, they ran, it through, they ran it through, like, a snowmaker. Or, like, <laughs> this one, it, it's, it created a nice, fresh powder again. It was, it was a, it would have been a remarkable scorched earth policy, as far as vandalism <laughs> is concerned. We, we want you to feel like you've accomplished nothing with this. <laughs> yeah. So, he shows up with the scarf and asks her out on a date, which... Nick's right. All this is disturbing. The fact that his name, it all seems like he's been, as he says, has he been following you online? Has he been reading up on you? All these are legitimate questions. Nick is coming from a place of, that's not even Nick being in love with Sarah. That's Nick as a concerned friend. That's Nick as just a concerned citizen. There is one point when she walks into her house, and we can talk about this a little later, when he's just standing still. Yeah. And I assume that's what he does when he, no one's, but someone was around. Anyway, he just goes into snowman mode. Like a, there, yeah. Later, Nick, who's heartbroken because Sarah says that she's in love with Cole, we're dancing all around people, but it all comes Doesn't together. Matter. And this is actually a funny scene. We actually see Cole has built a snowman friend. This is the best. Named Hank. Yep. I, w- I want Hank in every movie now. Hank does nothing because <laughs> Hank's a snowman. But Cole is just so excited to be about one of his kind. He's talking to Hank and... Nick sees this, which you think is something Nick would have brought up to Sarah later because it's a very pronounced behavior. They get into a fight where Nick knocks the head off of the snowman. Cole screams murderer. But which is he's yelling, we got to put pressure on him. Like he's trying to save the snowman's life. 
It is. And that was beautiful. So good. It's almost like it, you're so cold. You're so yeah. cold. Oh, God, <laughs> hey, you're so cold. And he's screaming murderer. And then they get into a snow fight. And then the cops come in. And Nick said, you know, you got into a fight. It's like, well, it's kind of a snow fight. So this is a little overdone. But Nick at no point says, he called me a murderer. And he yeah. was talking to the snowman. And the snowman's name is Hank. <laughs> but again, it really showed that the actor, who I think we've mentioned enough, that, you know, that he deserves a name shout out. Uh, Jesse Hutch. Yeah. Jesse Hutch's, the first line in Jesse Hutch's IMDb is Jesse Hutch was born in the same location as the Marvel hero Wolverine. Oh. That is the very first line. So when you get to the, when you get to the city limits of that town, it says, <laughs> born here, Wolverine and Jesse Hutch? You know what? No, I, this is going sideways here for you, but I actually need to read some of his IMDb here because this, okay. this is, this is, I can't, we did not write it. I do not know who wrote it. Jesse Hutch was born in the same location as the Marvel hero Wolverine. This could be nothing more than a fun fact. However, it does not excuse why Mr. Hutch is immune to Tylenol and Novocaine, most commonly used in dental practice. He drowned when he was 19 years old, fell from a 25-foot rock quarry while free climbing in high school, had his stomach cut open by a barbed wire fence when he was 10, and he moved across the country solo when he was 21 to pursue acting. This is the bio. Yeah. (laughs) Now, I'm going to tell you this. I could see why it's a little hard because I'm looking at the picture they have for Jesse Hutch in his IMDb page. This is a remarkably handsome man. Yeah. There's no way. This is uh, Nick. Nick, love you. But you in real life. No, I've never pointed like this man is pointing. Oh, I've never had the confidence to point yeah. like this man. And he has earned this point. Yeah. I mean, this is just one of those people that you just begin to question. like this is a remarkably handsome man again. Nick, we're not Nick at all. Nick being the the friend of Sarah, in case we've lost the thread, you know, been lost in the woods here, little people. Nick reminds me to a certain degree of the actor Damian Lewis. The one that's in Billions, the one that was in Band of Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a bad looking person. But Nick, Nick has been in love with her since the Nick was with Sarah since the fifth grade. That's why he's always helping her with the snowman that she's always focusing on someone else. It's not the healthiest relationship for Nick. Let's be honest. As a kid, you understand. But after a while, even the dad who also knows that Nick tells Nick, "Eh, it's probably time to move on. You can leave St. Paul. My daughter can't. She cannot. You cannot. If she ever does. (laughs) See, that's the thing. I don't think that that plane would have been grounded. Yeah. Or that plane would have had technical difficulties. She was never getting on that plane. She is even at the end, because she wants to be a travel writer at the end. The the very, 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 very Minnesota accent senior editor gives her the job of a travel writer. But it's weird because when all is over and she's talking with her dad and the happy the happy ending when she's together with Nick, she talks about doing the travel editing, but it almost seems like she wants to do it from home. Yeah, like virtual travel. I mean, was I wrong on that? That's it, the vibe I got. It felt like she's still never leaving. Like, Nickel, Nickel, give her a drug. She'll pass out. <laughs> and then... And when she and wakes then, up... And then when she wakes up, he'll say, like, uh, didn't we have fun in Bali? <laughs> and she'll be like, we went to Bali? And she'll go slowly mad. It's gaslighting. She's being yeah. gaslit. <laughs> and he'll have the proof. None of them photos, all illustrations of how they had fun in Bali. Yeah. The to dad degree, was happy about it. When she was the, talking, the dad was like, he said... That's a nice middle ground. It's yeah. like it's like you watch your kid to have a nice middle ground yeah. in their life. <laughs> Stop shooting for the stars, Sarah. They're not coming. There's the line from an old Life in Hell comic strip: "If you keep your dreams small and tiny, you'll never grow up to yeah. be whiny." That's kind of that's kind of what's going on here. Yeah, the dad's like, sure. The first year in Paris was great. 
But nothing compares to our boring days together here in St. Paul, Minnesota. So that, that's, that's the real marriage, Sarah. That's, that's the kind you really need. That's the dad's America for our speech at the end of <laughs> Snowman's, where he basically says, yes, our first year in Paris was fantastic. But relationships are not about romance. They're about love. And, part, and that is, there's truth to that. No, there's but truth to it. But it is sort of going, you can go to Paris and still come back to the farm. In fact, you have to. (laughs) How do you bring him back to the farm? You're just going back to the farm. Okay, that's it. It's nice to dream is almost the tagline of this movie. It's nice to dream. But, you know. some posters and look at them from your bed. Exactly. That's life. That's how just, life should work. Just put up that Monet <laughs> Water Lilies poster, and you yeah. can feel you're at you're at his yeah. uh, at his estate. Yeah, we'll get you That's a velvet enough. rope. We'll get a docent to tell you you're too close. <laughs> then you can go back to bed in your own bed, your own St. Paul bed upstairs uh, from your dad. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's the same. It's the same house with her dad. It's technically. Her, I like how he said, she says, technically her house now, which makes it sound like that she just wrestled control of the house when he was asleep one night. <laughs> but she also says the house feels like an anchor. And I can yeah. kind of see that because no one's letting her go anywhere. <laughs> and the, the dad is a woods craftsman and he's constantly making wood furniture with the oldest handyman assistant <laughs> that guy possible. That great. What was his this name? Had Herb. It. Herb. I actually had that point somewhere and I can't find it right now. I but I just, th- can you hear me? Yes, I can. Can you hear me? Uh, it was Herb. Oh, Herb. I thought, you know what I thought you were saying? I thought it was her. It was her. H-E-R. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Head cold sometimes do something with hearing two people. I thought That's I was losing my mind. <laughs> yes. This podcast feels you like an anchor. You went to Bali. This podcast feels like an anchor. You went to Bali. Guys, nine episodes. You had a wonderful when? time. What did we do nine? <laughs> I started. I, maybe I didn't even know you were here. Remember, I started this by saying hi, Chez. So I don't know what's going on. <laughs> By the way, in case we now we can't cut that beginning mistake because now it's canon. We mention it. We mention it. I'd like to say halfway through the podcast, but let's be honest. We mentioned this a, a tenth of the way through our podcast now. Yeah, it was like after the tenth Zinis ad. Oh, Zinis. <laughs> so Herb, thank you very much. He's not mute, but he doesn't say a word. He's got an open eye. He's 111. Oh, easily. Easily. By the way, (laughs) at some point, Herb is never mentioned again and never seen again. And I think we're kind of overlooking the fact that Herb dies in Snowman's. (laughs) There's a tragedy here that a longer cut of this. Do we see Herb after the snowman appears? (gasps) Is Herb Cole? (laughs) Does, Does Herb come back as Cole? (laughs) Is Herb the snowman who then returns as Cole? Because the dad says Herb just wants to feel useful. That's why he yeah. keeps him around the shop. So he sends his soul to become Cole. Cole. And help her help him keep Sarah in St. Paul. Maybe Herb is as old as Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life. Maybe yeah. Herb's an angel. Here's the thing about Cole. So Cole is there. Cole's whole purpose is to make sure that Sarah gets her wish of having a romance, yeah. a relationship by Christmas. Again, like all these movies, Christmas is a hard deadline. It is not a soft deadline, uh, people. You either do it by Christmas or you die. Or you have that saddest boxing day. <laughs> <laughs> you just this, wake up a failure on boxing day. <laughs> December 26th is your death knell, people. <laughs> the saddest boxing day. When are we going to write that film? <laughs> After we gonna after write? sucks to be too, and I to think we too. said we were gonna write something else in the last episode. We did, and we'll find it because <laughs> apparently we record these things. 
Herb just disappeared. By the way, when when Dad says his name is Dad, when yeah. Alan, his name is Alan. I think because they mentioned is it Ray? I could have. <laughs> it is not Ray. It's, it's Alan. Ray. I could have come to everyone said Alan. Which film was I watching, Kevin? I don't anyway, know, but I'm. I'd, I uh, I'm, I have to. No, if you're looking Ray, at IMDb and they're saying Ray, I'm gonna it says go. Ray, with, but that could also be just more gaslighting. I, I look. I went back to I I went back to IMDb to switch there, and the first thing I see is just Jesse Hutch pointing me, and again, my first thought: that is a handsome man. Yeah. Okay, so let's go back to Snowman's Jesse. So Ray Pratt. Allen. Ray Allen. Alan Ray. Aldo <laughs> Ray was an actor from the 40s and 50s, so maybe that's it. Ray Allen uh, is. Uh, Hall of Fame NBA basketball player. Oh, you know that what? That's probably what you were thinking of. I this. was saying, which actually, <laughs> I actually saw the documentary about Stephen Curry underrated on Apple okay. TV Plus. Yeah. It is amazing. I is cried really? at one. It is really good. Really, really good. I recommend that as a Christmas movie, people. To give you an idea of who Ray Allen is, mm-hmm. he was the professional basketball player that they got to act in the Spike Lee movie, He Got Game. Opposite Ooh. Denzel Washington. There you go. By the way, I even want to bring because occasionally we do watch other Christmas movies like Stephen Curry, underrated. <laughs> I did watch the Eddie Murphy movie Candy uh, Candy Cane Candy Lane. Cane Lane. Which is very cute. Very I've heard the one with uh, Ludacris and Little Rel Howery is is also good. But I have Yeah, that actually that actually looks cute. Candy yeah. Cane Lane is where it goes. Okay, maybe because it's an Eddie Murphy production that uh, it's like the music there are the original singers. They've got yeah. the original music. They, they, you know, there's a budget there. He knows Darlene Love. <laughs> She's coming. <laughs> They're tight. <laughs> yeah. By the way, when the dad says, I just wanted to make Herb feel useful, he says that in front of Herb. Yeah. Herb, Herb. couldn't hear it. Herb, Herb didn't hear it. Herb couldn't hear it. And he was like, Herb just kind of smiled and wandered off. I don't know what Herb did, except probably occasionally misplaced wood polish. I don't know what it should be. <laughs> All I saw was, like, when, when Herb is sweeping... All the dad is doing is just putting more sawdust on the ground. <laughs> just, just to give Herb something to do. <laughs> He's like, and I don't need is, to sand this thing, but I'm just going to, Herb just needs to sweep. And what does Sarah do? Here, Herb, let me help you. She takes the one thing Herb's got going for him, sweep it. Because even Herb's not allowed to be who he wants to be. By the way, there is a scene in Deadwood Shop. It's just scenes of doors leaning against the wall. It looked like the final sequence in Monsters, Inc. Monsters, Inc. It's just so many doors. So I thought maybe we'd walk through a door. I like that Sarah got Ray Allen, her dad, (laughs) a stain for Father's Day. Oh, you can't do better than that. No, he was psyched. Because apparently this was an expensive stain. Yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know how expensive stains can get, but I imagine like in any hobby you can overdo it. Oh, yeah. You know how like on vinyl collectors, there's that special kind of vinyl that they're always promoting that they go means nothing, doesn't add anything. But you're still going to pay $80 for that LP that you could have bought for $225 on the street corner. But, you know, this is I'm sure it's a hell of a stain. Have we established that I have a kid? What's our what's our canon? Do I have, have because you, you, you mentioned that cracker and you okay, mentioned again. a kid. Yeah. yeah, you haven't mentioned their name. I don't know if we did that. Yeah. OK, so if my kid that does exist got me a stain for Father's Day, I'd be real mad. <laughs> she doesn't listen to this but maybe word will get to her i like how when there's a kid you're just happy they they gave the thought but i will nah. say this there wouldn't have been thought there because i don't know what you would do with a stain now nah, what would i do with it i do like how sarah says one day my dad's gonna retire it's like i'm pretty sure he retired this is a retired job this is not a job this is a hobby doesn't she say something like when he retires i don't know what's gonna happen like the sh- like, does gonna, he also what? just disappear like Herb? 
And you know what? We're going to do one of our Christmas movie through lines is she's going to take that pillow. Oh, no. <laughs> at, least it's, at least it's a grown man this time. <laughs> Dad, it's okay. It's okay. Go meet mom. Go see mom in Paris again. It's okay. I don't know. I mean, everything is up in the air and not up in the air because she doesn't have a choice. She can't leave St. Paul. There wasn't a lot. I mean, I know we're coming off of a Christmas frequency, but it was sparse Christmas decorations. I was actually pleased about that. I mean, <laughs> actually surprisingly sparse Christmas I mean, there was Christmas decorations in weird places. Like, her bedroom was Christmassed up. Yeah, and there was a Christmas tree in the living room, which made sense. It's Christmas, and they celebrate Christmas. But the office, which was all about the Christmas issue. The senior editor woman, her office had Christmas stuff. But everywhere else, everywhere else didn't. It was to the point that I didn't even start noticing Christmas stuff. I didn't even take notes about the Christmas, except for the one note of there isn't a lot of Christmas stuff here. And again, we are still feeling a little traumatized by the Christmas abundance of a Christmas frequency, Ooh. where every square <laughs> inch was an evergreen, a wreath, a candle, a nutcracker, a Santa Claus, a red bow, and then another wreath inside everything I just mentioned. <laughs> As we were mentioning, is Herb Cole or an angel or Clarence from It's a Wonderful Life? My question is, is Cole there because he's there to make sure she gets a Christmas wish? Yeah. And of course, it's Paris because, you know, he knows that that Paris is big in her mind because of the dad and everything. And he knows she wants an adventure. And she knows that Paris would be a go to word for her. It'd It'd be like her assassin trigger phase that she go. Of course, they'd go to Paris. Is Cole there? And this actually makes it a little more charming because. The first date they have, he shows up in a carrot. Yep. A horse-drawn carrot. Takes it to a restaurant. That's when he freaks out about the carrots in the dish. I mean, it's just constant food dates after one another. We even I got loved, to the... I loved the carriage ride. Because that was like, great. He's it like, I, I paid that reindeer to be there. Yeah. I, I I ordered the sunlight. So, he's actually funny. He's actually yeah. charming. They have to pitch an issue, a plot like We're all over the place, but... We're all over the place. How many times are we going to say all over the place? We even called ourselves out in text that we were not going to do that. And here I'm doing that. <laughs> yep. I'm calling us out because we, I know you're going to say this in text. I would promise we wouldn't do this. So yep. I'm saying this in, in thing. <laughs> so stop it. Stop it. Hi, Chez. Stop it. Hi, Chez. I texted Chez that this would be the worst drinking game for people with our podcast. If we said we're going to get to this later or what was the thing we just said? We're all over the place. We're, we're all over the place. Yeah. 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 So they need a Christmas theme because it's December 13th. It's time to start work, start pitching ideas for that Christmas issue. And they've come up with nothing. The only thing that happens is that Nick does an illustration. Again, whoever's doing the artwork on this really loved the cartoon. I really liked it. Yeah. Of Sarah and Cole in a sled ride. And she says, what a stud or what an animal. What a stallion. What what a stallion. I I knew I knew it was something that involved horses. And he meant to send it to her. And through, I guess, because I had the open email chat or anything, accidentally sends it to the boss, who loves it. So she comes up. She does their hard work for them. It comes up with the theme. is like date spots around St. Paul for Christmas for the three hours left of Christmas when this issue comes yeah. out to really enjoy. So you and Cole, you know, the stud animal horse on the yeah. uh, just do various Christmas things. And Nick, you illustrate. Yeah. <laughs> You be our official third wheel. But the editor this is was not a very computer. funny. I love yeah. this line. Go. You could do it. No, no. I, I don't know the precise line. I want oh, you to say it. OK. Then. So he said, won't that be like a third wheel? I don't want to feel like a third wheel. And he's, she says, you don't have to be Isabel, the other woman, like the other best friend. The, the LP. She could come and she could be a fourth wheel. And she goes, 
that's a whole car, Nick. <laughs> Four wheels, that's a whole car. Okay. And then and then Sarah even finds it humorous and goes, It's a whole car, Nick. <laughs> that's like there's a lot of good like awareness in this movie. There is. And that line was delivered in such a way that I wondered if that was improv. That has to be. I think that was a line there because her reaction was funny that she took yeah. it. It and you know what? That's the point where that accent, that very, very heavy Minnesota accent, sold the line even more. So, yeah, so <laughs> it's one official date and one setup date. They're not setting up a romance between Nick and Isabel because the first event they go out to, which is uh, ice skating on the pond, yeah. which apparently is a big St. Paul thing. Our St. Paul listeners, please tell us if that's true. Oh. Our St. Paul listeners, please tell us that you're listening to us in St. Paul, <laughs> that it's a big St. Paul thing. And Cole goes, I've never done this before so I th- and nick's like i thought you grew up here yeah but we moved around a lot so we're gonna stop at chess i almost said the line again here's here's a question we have yeah. a few questions about nick the snowman where does he get his money he does say he works for an adventure travel agency and he's gone all over the world all cold places he goes everywhere that it's cold and occasionally every christmas he comes back to st paul we get the every christmas he comes back to st paul because sarah is essentially willing him by building the snowman is he being built by other people in other cold places throughout the year? And is that where he goes? Is yeah, like he an emissary like of happens, God or Santa? What happens if she's doesn't get all the signs of everything pointing her to go to Nick? And it's just and he gets back in the limo at the end and he's like ready to go. And instead of, no, I'm in love with Nick, like she does in the movie, she goes, right. yep, let's go to Paris. <laughs> like, what happens? Does he, does he actually start to melt because panic sweat happens? Yeah, like, I know he has to say he does all these things because he has to fulfill her dreams of what right. this guy is, because none of it's real. Is Cole, well, Cole has to be Herb. We've established that. Cole is Herb. Yeah, Cole, Cole is Herb. Because, because Ray Allen, the father, is the ultimate puppet master. <laughs> of sarah's life and that she's just he's just moving the strings to get there sarah and nick eventually just, yeah. together because i don't think nick is in on it but no but I, cole, I don't think the cole is, is in on to, it yeah i want this to have a semi-happy ending by the time we get done discussing how hard what a horror show this movie is the more i discuss it <laughs> considering that we actually liked it yeah i did like it at the beginning but i'm losing yeah. my i'm losing it now <laughs> i had it and i liked it but now I'm worried. I'm worried for Sarah that we've trapped her in a little snow globe. <laughs> of, By of us Saint actually Paul. watching this film, yeah. we've trapped him. Yeah, because Cole is in on it. He just wants her to be happy. He doesn't. He doesn't want to end up with her. He's it setting doesn't up. Make sense. Yeah, he's him. setting he it that. all up so that he knows because he's been there for 16 years. He knows that Nick loves her too. Yeah. He, so he's, he's he's seen it. He's making Nick be the guy that Nick needs to be by that point by by poking him by bringing that awful food to the one lunch oh, meeting Lutefisk. he has to Lutefisk. put little dents in himself yeah so he's not so perfect also because he has to go melt on the 25th or whatever because it stops being cold on christmas <laughs> well, everyone knows everyone knows boxing day is the start of summer i don't think it actually snows that much in paris i don't believe yeah. it does i can't i mean yeah. uh, you know i know we, but I meant they, like all the previous years. Yeah. He's always disappeared for some reason on the 25th. Well, like, that's the question I, yeah. I actually want to ask. Yeah. Which brings up, we've you know, mentioned money and such, but also on the 25th, does she walk outside and realize the snowman's gone? gone. Or is the spirit of the snowman gone and he's just a hollow, died, dead husk of a snowman? 
Is the snowman there and the soul has been removed? It has to be that one. Because otherwise, she wouldn't have been so surprised that the snowman was gone. It's like, well, that happened a little earlier than usual. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Normally, it just disappears without concern on the 25th every I, year. <laughs> and I accept it because Nick has a lot of hats and he can always stand to get a new one. Yeah, He likes to keep it, you know, seasonal. Well, if he gets a new hat, if she buys him a new hat, which would be a good Christmas gift from her every year, he gets like 360 days almost or 350 days of wearing that hat if he wants to. I mean, it, it, it's cold in St. Paul for a while. Yeah. I, I know someone who lives in the Twin Cities and it 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 is seems like Fargo from everything they told me. And it starts early. But again, Cole at the end of the movie smiles when she chooses Nick. And it's like almost like he accomplished. He accomplished his, his mission. Done. So is Cole the angel that he built when they have the, another date to snow sculpting? And he is so excited about this. By the way, they brought a giant bag of tools that are not for skull sculpting, but are actually for digging for diamonds. <laughs> I mean, there's a pickaxe, there's a shovel. I thought they were actually going to kill one of them and have to bury them quickly. I thought that is, was the plan for Isabel. Like as the close of that scene, the cut of that scene before they show the reveal of the good stuff, she she pulls a hammer out of the bag and walks off screen with it. Like, <laughs> and that's actually I've never funny. used a hammer. I've never snow. used any. I've used tools. a hammer. I've used a hammer, just not for snow. <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying you never used a hammer for snow. You're revealing that you really don't have you. You don't have I've your used own a hammer, people. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this injured thumb. That's a thumb that has seen a hammer, people. I know I said I'd be mad if I got stained. And I know I haven't proven myself to be the most stereotypically manly person in these nine episodes that we've done. But I have used a hammer. I haven't proven myself to be the most stereotypical man person. I mean, the only thing I end up talking about men is like, well, he's handsome. So I don't know what's going on. We're learning about ourselves. I wore flannel once. On. I have worn flannel because I was around during grunge. And Herb was only 97 years old in the 90s. <laughs> so when Cole did build the snow angel, by the way, I did like their Christmas shark, to be quite honest. I, I thought the thought Christmas the shark, shark should have won. They, they made, made a shark with a Santa hat. They, a, they put a Santa hat on the shark. It was adorable. And then they called it Santa Jaws, which was what, a great what, what pun. What, yeah. what, what, he made an angel. Who cares about angels? The also the level of detail in both sculptures means they were there for about 11 hours. Cole is never cold. He's never wears a coat because he's a snowman. They don't need to know that at that point. Again, we've discussed that he's Bruce Willis in Sixth Sense with the same clothes. But the fun part of how excited Cole was that he just starts shoveling snow like crazy with his bare hands. And even he Nick goes, jumps into it. He jumps into the pile of snow. He is so into this. The actor is so into this. And yeah. Nick's, Nick is actually concerned for him. He's like, yeah. I don't know. what Has he ever built a snowman? And But this may be Cole's first time as a human. It could be, yeah. It could be. He, it may he not could have be. just been the spirit being near Sarah all these years. Yeah. And it could. And I, so when he built the angel, I said, so is Cole actually an angel who comes in a snowman? Is this like that famous Cary Grant movie, A Bishop's Wife, where he's an angel and he helps the main character find love. So in a way, this could be a combination of Frosty and a very classic movie, a very good Christmas movie. So this is Cary Grant as Frosty. That's how they should have. That's how they should have uh, promoted. <laughs> that's how they should have promoted. Not 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 a snowflake at a time. That's a that that's that's a maxi series. That's not even good a mini. Lord, <laughs> dear God, woman. So I was so caught up in this. Is he an angel? That I thought 
when they had the Christmas tree at the end. And, you know, she has found the gift that Nick left on the porch because Nick left something on the porch just how Cole had showed up. And we'll get to that gift because it's a questionable gift because Nick does something that professionally I think was highly questionable. So she, questionable. She she found it <laughs> remarkably charming. And I would have said that mother, because we're dealing with a Christmas episode of our podcast, that there's an angel on top because there's often yeah. angels on top of Christmas. I thought we were going to slowly go up to the angel and the angel would wink. Wink. That was cold. Oh, yeah. What we get later is we see the snowman when everything is happy and we find out that Nick and Sarah and the dad are together forever as a trio, never leaving St. Paul because that's happy middle ground. Happy middle ground is when I get what I want and you accept it. Happy middle ground. <laughs> that's apparently what, what being in the middle is. That the snowman's coals get that twinkle again. Yep. The eyes get that twinkle, which was the first sign that he was going to become human. And so I thought, is he an angel? It's sort of like, um, okay. love actually, there's Rowan Atkinson. Remember, he's the store, yeah. he's, the, he's the clerk of the store. And later he's the one at the airport who slows things down that lets the kid escape. Yep. The original thought for his character was that he was an angel. And yeah. he was there to slow things down or help people, which is why he was purposely slowing down the gift process. So yeah. Alan Rickman wouldn't do the thing that Kenneth Branagh did in real life, which is thoroughly, completely beyond comprehension, is who cheats on Emma Thompson. It makes no sense whatsoever. Kenneth Branagh. It, what? Kenneth Branagh? I was answering your question. Oh, I was, okay. Kenneth I was doing it like a trivia thing. Oh, well done you. Well, <laughs> your, your, your pub team gets a point. <laughs> okay, cool. I didn't know if Cole was an angel because there's angel elements here. And that would have worked out fine, too. But I, I do understand and I do like that they took a more secular approach to it. And that he is, in a secular sense, he magical snowman. He is frosty. He is frosty who does not say happy birthday repeatedly. I want to ask you a question about frosty. How much of a villain is the magician, really? It is his hat. <laughs> I mean, yes, he does yeah. kick the hat. And I think he knows there's a rabbit inside the hat, which... Okay, maybe that's where he becomes the villain. But it is his hat. He realizes the hat's magic. Would you, wouldn't you want the hat back? Yeah, it was his okay, hat. Okay, here's the thing. If it was your hat, you yeah. got rid of the hat. They put a hat on a snowman. That snowman came to life. What would be your choice? What would you decide? And you knew this hat was magic and would give you powers that hopefully, I'm assuming, knowing you, you would not use for evil, but would certainly help things out, like your theoretical child. You know, maybe Wait, let, me, let me ask, am I, am I Kevin? Or you are Kevin. I... You are okay. Kevin. I'm All asking right. as All you right. as Kevin. It's it's too All much right. layers upon layers for me to assume you are the, you are the failed magician. So you are <laughs> Kevin. That's going to be like, because uh, it's like, how attractive are the kids' moms that likes Frosty? Because then <laughs> I wouldn't want to upset them because I want to have a chance with their hot moms. I'm trying to, I'm trying to prove I could wield a hammer, Chess. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> how hot are their moms, Chess? <laughs> How are their animated mothers? See, um, I always assumed that was one of the reasons Santa gave out gifts, because he was trying to get on the good side of the kids with the good-looking moms. Yeah. We are seeing this from such a poor perspective right now, people. Yeah, I would. If, I don't know, because it, it would be tough to take it back if you see the kids having a great time with, with Frosty. That, that would if be, I'm me. If I'm me. Yeah, that would be. Also, I'm going to be honest with you, I would feel like I killed the, the snowman. Yeah. I would think maybe maybe this is what this hat was meant for, to but, scare the hell out of the local populace. But if I'm Weasley magician guy. Oh, yeah. Hat back. Yeah. I want the hat, hat back. back. Yeah. I mean, your whole career is based on magic and you can't yeah. do magic. And now you got a magic hat. Take the magic hat. Yeah. Snowmats. <laughs>
So they have the whole issue. I also issue. want to point out that I said it's a real person at Home Depot phrase to say that I could wield a hammer. <laughs> That's what came out of my mouth. Because <laughs> the only thing I think of with hammer is Thor, and he yeah. wields his hammer. He wields that hammer. It's... <laughs> there's no way. There's no way. Tony's carpenter shop. They're 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 going. I gotta wield that hammer on this uh, this park bench. I gotta make. <laughs> that was beautiful. I mean, I've got nothing better. I've been around nails. You know, I've got nothing to say. But I do like how yours is very Marvel centric. Because you and I, we still like our Marvel movies. We know there we know there's a growing backlash because there's a backlash. The backlash form because people need a backlash that time. And I think we both like the Marvels. I did. I, I really enjoyed that. Thoroughly yeah. enjoyed the Marvels. So we've we've established that the dad is evil. <laughs> the dad is the evil not, magician. He may or may not Person. have claimed Herb's soul when Herb died after he didn't get to sweep the sawdust and used it to create the Cole character that comes back at the corporeal form of of Cole. Of Cole. So that she could have Slash. a romantic moment. And Cole's job was just to sweep her off her feet, but also let her know that this Nick person was there so that Nick could then eventually win her affection. And then they could, she, Sarah does not have to leave the city limits of St. Paul because if she Ever. leaves, there's got to be some prophecy that states <laughs> that all of St. Paul will like suck itself into the ground. It'll just house of usher at the end, <laughs> yeah. just implode. Yeah, just like, just, yeah. yeah. It's like every 108 minutes, Sarah's got to say, no, I love St. Paul, or the entire place just blows up. Yeah, because she, yeah. <laughs> if she leaves the city limits, it, it's like Frodo throwing the ring into the, into the, into the pit of fire. And everything just comes crumbling down. So her dad <laughs> is Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> Did you and guys enjoy not, this movie? <laughs> we did. By the way, when we say this, we're not saying it as conjecture. We're saying we know this is what they meant to do. Yeah. yeah you can see it. You, you, you know. can see the writers typing it. This was Frosty meets <laughs> the Bishop's Wife. Meets Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and you know what? Maybe if they have a kid and you realize the kid's got coal for eyes and we get a Rosemary's baby line, it has its father's eyes. Oh. And then there's evil cackle and then, you know, the prophecy's <laughs> fulfilled and there'll be the son of Satan on the land because Christmas. Nick okay. has always wanted, he's always been afraid to tell Sarah the truth. And, you know, that's an understandable thing because they are very, very good friends. And you can't You know that they're good that. friends because she says, you're my best friend, you're my friend, you're, you're my friend, friend. Uh, like 80 times in the first half hour. Which I'm going to say, <laughs> if Nick couldn't read the room before, I mean, she might as well be saying, I love you as if you were my brother. But Nick is smart enough that he knows once you say this, you don't get to shove that back in the back. Yeah. You know? And so that's realistic. And like in real life, when you do say the important thing, it's usually in a, from emotion more than perfect timing. It, it's inopportune. So he says this after Cole has promised to take her to Paris. By the way, when Cole presented a ticket in a box, it did almost look like it was going to be an engagement ring. Yeah. Which is where I thought this was going. So he folded an airline ticket <laughs> into an tiny engagement. Ring box. Which, so like the poor travel agent's going to be there like he's trying to put a dollar bill <laughs> in a can't vending get the machine. Code. Yeah, can't get the code to work at all. <laughs> I mean, this this is this is why they sell the Tiffany boxes separate people, so you can have these special moments to fool people. That's why you that's why you pay extra for that baby blue. So that's when he says, and you you know, 
I don't know if he says you somehow you knew, but Sarah is believably oblivious because I think you keep these things out of your mind. You can, you know, your best friend, you see him as that. I mean, to a, to a remarkable degree, she's oblivious to his affections. She's so oblivious that after Nick, not once, but twice pretty much says it the first time he just says, it just hurts me to see you with him. Right. And I can't do it anymore, which is basically code for I'm in love with you. And it's driving me crazy. Yeah, so that there's no work. other way of getting that one didn't it. work. Like yeah. that take didn't go for Sarah. So take two, like a few minutes later in the movie, is him saying, I'm in love with you to her face. Yeah, straight to her face. Then when the father is almost has the full spell cast upon her to make <laughs> her stay in this dungeon anchor of St. Paul, Minnesota. Not knocking St. Paul, Minnesota. <laughs> it's just the way it is town. Beautiful it's the town. best of War- the Twin Cities. Cold winds, warm hearts. It's the winner <laughs> of the Twin Cities. The Twin yeah, City Life magazine one. said it it's was St. Paul. One. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah. So when the father has her under the spell and, she's, and she says to her father, do you really think that Nick is in love with me? <laughs> She says that line after he said to her stupid face, I love you, Sarah. Here's I was looking for. I wrote his exact (laughs) sentence. Every single Christmas, I fall more in love with you. And after that is when she asks her dad, do you really think Nick's in love with me? At which point the dad said, I don't know why I even working hard to gaslight you. This this, this, this is just so much easier than I thought it should be. There's a British guy in a Christmas frequency I'd love you to meet because you guys are both just pure hearts. He's going to be sweetest, simple boys and girls. Because he's going to meet you in St. Paul and his first line is going to be, are you Sarah from St. Paul? And then he's going to applaud and he's going <laughs> to spill something on himself because he is London's answer to Ralph Wiggum. We love Liam is going to appear so many times in our podcast, even our moonlighting podcast. Yeah. So ju- get to know Liam, get to love Liam. There, there's there's oblivious. There's trying to keep something out of your head. And then there is something that can only come from what I assume is memento. Where if she does not tattoo it backwards on her arm so she could see it in the mirror, she does not remember Nick. Yeah, we don't see the other side of her bedroom. We just see the bed. But like yeah. if she sits up, her vanity mirror is just like like a bunch of notes. This is Nick. He's your best friend. This is your dad. <laughs> and then it, and, it, and in her dad's handwriting, it says he loves you and he's not trying to trick you to stay in St. Paul. <laughs> Clearly, he's not trying to do that. It's like she wakes up every morning to a videotape, like 50 first dates. And she has to yeah, play it again. Yeah. By the way, 50 first dates. She has no memory except for the present. And he impregnated her. That is so. Cr- now, granted, 50 first dates is charming, despite the fact it's creepy. There's there's yeah. elements that are. But dear God, that always threw me in that movie. <laughs> dear God, snowman's. But that always threw me in that movie. But so even after Nick says every year, 18 years, I am 18 years more in love with you than I was 18 years ago. 18 yeah. years of increasing love. And she's going, huh, I you know wonder what? if. I'm starting to think. <laughs> is, he, is he developing feelings for me? Because that's going to yeah. be awkward. Because <laughs> every is, morning I think Nick friend, Nick friend, friend, Nick friend. There was that one day <laughs> I read it so quickly that I avoided him because I thought he was my fiend. <laughs> but 
<laughs> but usually I read that post and know correctly, and he's my friend. I like this memento theory now because later, <laughs> like like in in the middle of the movie when they're walking to the to the magazine office for the right. first time with with Nick, where he's gonna get the job, she sees him on the street. It gives him like a big weird hug, like a big welcome hug, almost like she's trying to prove she remembers that they're friends. <laughs> it's like I gotta hug him so that he doesn't think anything's off. Yeah. My Nick, Nick, my friend from my childhood friend <laughs> from St. Paul, who builds the snowman with me every year on December twelfth. How are you? So yeah, she gets the hint. She gets. After, she finally gets a hint after yeah, all. She... <laughs> they've gone through all the dates. He's illustration. Nick's heart is broken because he knows at yeah, this he point he should be shot. going he, he, gave, it he gave it a shot she picked cole she picked she picked paris she picked romance which yeah. her dad is always telling her don't choose love choose our zip code i was worried when he started the line it's not about a spark that he was gonna say it's about settling <laughs> <laughs> but he said it's a slow burn which is okay which that's is, a ro- you know that's romantic-y yeah, I'm going to tell you, his, the dad, like, listen, Sarah, homes are built on foundations, not fire. OK, they're built on solid, dependable, flat, gray, hard, good cement you can get from your Home Depot, which is right next to Zini's Italian restaurant foundation. They're not built on passion. They're not built on fire. They're not built on spark. They're not seeing that person in red against that gray background in a movie that reference just kind of takes all the romance out of it. They're not that. It's dull. Hammers are for wielding, Sarah. (laughs) Now, I hope you got me another stain for Christmas because we used a lot of it. Every year he opens up a cabinet. It's just every year stain after stain. She doesn't remember. Again, she's waking up every day. There's a note on that window said, get that a stain for Christmas. And every year he tries to remember to replace that post-it note. And he always remembers <laughs> Christmas Day when he opens up that gift and goes, oh, beef. <laughs> I mean, thank you, dear. You're staying Herb, insane, Herb can you put this in the basement with the others? <laughs> oh, Herb died. I forgot. <laughs> right, Herb. Herb, Herb <laughs> is in the basement with the others. <laughs> oh, Arsenic yeah, and Old Lace, also another Cary Grant movie. There you go, people. At this point, Nick is so heartbroken. Yeah. Understandably so. Now, okay, we should mention something here. Just because Nick does have a crush on Sarah, this is the ducky scenario, which we brought up a little earlier thing. It was brought up. Just because Nick is in love with Sarah does not mean Sarah has to be in love with Nick. That's not the case. Sometimes you love someone and they see you as a friend. And of course, they are allowed their own choice. So we are not saying, so she has to be with Nick. By the laws of romantic comedy, and especially Christmas movies, she ends up with Nick. What we're saying is the level of obliviousness that's the funny part here. Not the yeah. part like, how could she not end up with Nick? It's like, well, she wants to leave town. Dating the guy who still lives there is not your best plan if you want to leave town. But Nick is heartbroken, which is completely understandable. So Nick says he's going to quit the Christmas issue, which apparently comes out Christmas Eve. Because Christmas Eve Eve, the 23rd. The 23rd, otherwise still, known as Festivus, but not she in this is universe. Still I think it's the, <laughs> I think Festivus is earlier. Um, no, no, Festivus is my mom's birthday, the 23rd. Is it really? You know what, people, you're going to hear a little clicking because that's me looking up because I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm right. right well, I wanna, wait, do, have yeah, Kiki do it. While the, Kiki's looking it up. So on the 23rd, she mm-hmm. is, she's still making final changes to this article that's supposed to save the magazine 
with all the Christmas renewals. So I guess the magazine comes out Christmas morning and everybody, all the kids run down the stairs in the morning to say to their parents, Bobby, Bobby, can we read the Twin City Life magazine yet? Can we <laughs> read the wait, Christmas? You have to wait for your father to wake up. <laughs> then the father, it, it, it's, it's like the annual reading of a child's Christmas in Wales. By the way, that article that she slaved over, that's the centerpiece that the boss is so happy that she says with a remarkable supposed yeah. Minnesota accent, you're getting your travel section. It's three columns long. Yeah. Three columns. Yeah. By the way, she shows it to Nick earlier and he goes to you and you say, oh, that's really good. Nick sees it for half a second. But you know why he was able to read it so quickly before he even it's, it's three, three columns. columns long. Yeah. This is the main article that's coming. Well, when they're going to Paris, isn't that Christmas Eve or is that Christmas yeah. Day? So yeah. that's Christmas Eve. So the issue does come out Christmas Eve. Yeah. Because that's what. But they're also, first of all, I got to tell you something. Even if he's a snowman, no one travels Christmas Eve international. <laughs> no, no one should travel Christmas Eve at all night. I know people do. and I know sometimes you have to. I completely get it. But you really want to be in an airport on the international flight for Christmas Eve? Yeah. Think this through. Be fly out on Festivus because Kiki just uh, gave me the word. It is the 23rd. Okay. The Kiki earned her. What are we paying urine? I know what I'm paying her in medical bills. Yeah, there you go. And the most expensive urinary tract medication food <laughs> possible, made out of ground saffron and unicorn horn. Here's the thing, people. Never let your pet get sick. Never. It will financially destroy you, but love them and take care of them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> this is really, a, this is our pet section because we haven't seen a lot of animals in these Christmas movies. No, thankfully, because my dog barks at every animal on the TV. And and so we only got a little growl for the horses on the horse carriage. But Absolutely. so three three columns long at the end of the movie, when she's looking through Nick's gift, you're able to pause the article and you could actually read it. Oh, did you read it? I read it. So it's mostly what they did. It's like things you can do around St. Paul. But then it has a Christmas memory of Sarah's that has to go back to when the mother was still alive. And like the final gift oh. that the mom gave her because they didn't have a lot of money. So they didn't get like inundated with presents. They weren't spoiled. But the right. mom always wanted them to feel like they were. It was really nice. But then the next paragraph after that story says something along the lines of as someone who's surrounded by children, she also loves or someone who has children that they care about in her life and that it keeps going with like this is something i want to carry on <laughs> i have a question <laughs> yeah i do too <laughs> there was not a child in this movie yeah i'm, I'm actually looking back there's not a child as an extra there, you know what there maybe are children the, maybe ice skating no no there are children which are in the flashback oh, when they play are the kids, kids themselves yeah, yeah and then the the boyfriend that she liked and you know yeah the great. minnesota street toughs <laughs> so street toughs i know we're gonna so street toughs when cole we are bringing back when cole okay, first yeah. appears is he like does he show up naked like in the terminator when Arnold schwarzenegger first appears does he no, just show he up? has the clothes that they put on him right but that's, wearing... it, but they're not the clothes it's not well, even it the same plaid pants. shirt it wouldn't be pants it but would just it's be... not even the same plaid shirt okay. because cole actually got a better shirt so one does he show up naked like in terminator and two, does he then mug a couple of street thugs for their clothes? It's like, I like your clothes. Give them to me. And then he just yeah. beats the crap out of them. And then three, I don't know. With, if the Hank, with Hank. 
just stick arms punching. <laughs> Get him, Hank. Show him what you got. Show him what good cedar can do. <laughs> and three, I don't think there's a scene in the Terminator where he mugs people, but if he did, that would explain the money. What I'm saying is Cole's an angel, Cole's Herb, Cole's the Terminator. Cole's the whole package. I'm going to yeah. tell you people. I mean, Look up his IMDb. Cole is the whole package. I'm not even kidding. He drowned when he was 19, and he is here to make snowmen happen. <laughs> so Nick had given up on the issue. He said he's not doing it. The, I assume three hours before it goes online. Sarah heard about it. Sarah goes yeah. the next day and says, you know, I'm really sorry about what Nick did. And the other is like, I loved it. That's when she gives him the travel agency. So she says, OK. And at that point, she has not checked the issue yet. Because she finds out that early in the day. And she doesn't go, oh, maybe I should see what happened. No, she's doesn't gotta, go online. She's got to pack that. She's got to pack a suitcase. Yeah. Which I makes think sense. Was, it's just Paris. Yeah. It's it's just Paris. You know, if Paris is not about fashion. It's a drab. <laughs> it's a drab, cold Gray, place. Gray, sad place. Yeah. It's a city of one dim light. Yeah. And, you know, or on the other hand, you know, sometimes you want to avoid the $50 extra thing. And you just want to make sure you got to carry on. Yeah. Mean, that makes sense. I, we don't know how long she's supposed to be there. She doesn't know how long to be there. Nick assumes she's living there forever because like all like all European cities, it's very cheap and inexpensive to move to and live to. As you said, the dad, gave, you know, Nick had left a gift that takes her forever to open yeah. up. And she only does when narratively it works. Not again before. And what well, does she find? She, she could have opened it. And then she did it. And then the dad continuing to be the puppet master that oh, yeah. keeps his daughter locked in the tower Open of St. Paul gift. Castle. Uh, St. Paul Castle. <laughs> like, stick, like, make sure she takes it. And even she's awkward. She's like, Cole's right here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, and so Cole Open gives her gift. time. <laughs> Cole gives her time in the limo because Cole is Herb. So, so Herb in his awesome new body Gets to go chat with... Herb is looking good. Gets to go chat with dad for a while. Because he's like, I just want to talk to your father. So they're they're outside the limo going, do you think it worked? I bet it worked this time. I bet we keep her here today. Yeah, because again, <laughs> again, and this is truthfully, Cole's job is not to end up... He Cole's, Cole is the character knowing his yeah, job he is can't not to end, end up, up with her. He can't end up with because... He disappears. He, you know... I don't know what's going to happen if they get intimate. When oh, that Herb. bell rings, when that bell rings for December 25th, that's going to be shocking. <laughs> that's going to be amazingly this, this, awkward. This took a turn. It's like the dad is like, Herb, Herb, no, <laughs> leave my daughter alone. I was turn. just thinking of melting. I forgot the Herb connection. This <laughs> oh my can't God. get intimate. Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I don't like that at all. God, so anyway, you know gift, what? That, that's gift. actually worse than our Schindler's List and the Frosty and Karen thing and even smothering your dad with the pillow. You topped all three in one shot, Kevin. Yeah, no, well done, you. I feel better about myself. I yeah. do. This is this is your Christmas gift to me, and I thank yeah. you. So Nick, shooting his last shot, like one last swing for the feds, changed the article that they submitted and changed all the drawings to be their love story her and nick's love story so did he change the article or did he know the article the looks it doesn't ever say cole in the article no. it just says like a guy we went ice skating like that kind of thing 
It's a very weird article, given what the whole premise of this was. I still don't understand who these children are. Do she I, also have children that they're keeping away from her because of the memento disease is too much for them to handle and they need <laughs> They don't need a mom who doesn't know who they are every morning. Listen, I'm going <laughs> to compliment the fact that they put in the level, because they put in the level of detail with the artwork. Again, the, art, the cartoon work is beautiful. But yeah. they put in the artwork that someone actually wrote the column, because I assumed if I had zoomed in on the first two words, I'd see this column be Lorem Ipsum. No, no, it was real. Yeah. It was a real article. So Nick did this. Uh, she realizes that they do have love and then they fall for each other. It's it's nice. It's they fun. run towards yeah. each other. Yeah, they run towards each other. They kiss and then they spend Christmas together. Yeah, they spend Christmas together. She learns she you know, she's got a travel agency that she'll never do from outside of her house. She is fine <laughs> living with the boyfriend who will never leave town. She is fine living with the dad who will never age. She is fine with. Yeah. Her being buried in the basement with the other bodies. <laughs> she is fine that she has robbed the soul of the soul. Maybe if they did stay together, he would get to continue to live as a human. No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Whenever they have those things, whenever they have that moment of someone gets to become a human, like in, uh, what's the Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds musical one? Spirited? Spirited, you know yeah, yeah. When Will Ferrell gets to be human again, my first thought, and this isn't, christmas magic or even romantic or anything to regard it's like so did they get a social security number are they on record are they paying taxes do they have a driver's license can they rent a can they rent property because they don't have credit rating or they don't have this is sad that that's my first thought so (laughs) what a magical ending (laughs) let's break down all all the documents and paperwork that are lacking in this story i'm sorry we all know that it takes way too much money and paperwork to live every day of our lives, people. Merry Christmas to all and to all a good night. That's You're telling t- me this whole magical tale. They would also have the ability, if they could bring something back from the dead, to make it a living human being, that they'd also have the ability to get a driver's license. You know the DMV. You I, can't have enough magic to get through that nightmare. First of all, you've got to have something that was mailed to you. You've got to have your name on an address. Yeah. And they don't want that five-digit zip code. They want the full nine. And you got to prove that to it. I'm sure Cole could pass an eye test. But other than that, I don't... What I'm saying, I can't believe the happy ending or the realistic ending is that Sarah never gets delivered dreams or she does in little minute through, through, doses. Through Google image search. <laughs> like that's how she travels the world. She's traveling the world <laughs> like Heather Graham's character soon Brandy was traveling in yeah, Best yeah, Christmas yeah, Ever. Like, that was just Photoshop. Like it's like, I went to Laos today. I got real close to the computer screen and it felt <laughs> like I was there. <laughs> I'm going to see Machu Picchu is even more beautiful in, in, in you know, in 72 DPI. I've been to every amazing beach and I've never put on any sunscreen. Nick, honey, can I come up to dinner or do I have to stay down here tonight? Well, ask your dad. <laughs> it's that that's why the dad was pulling for Nick. He even says, you know, I've been pulling for those here because that's the master plan. We go to like 20 years later and Nick is just weeping while he just does furniture because <laughs> he's stuck in that life now, too. You can't draw your doodles. She called it a doodle once in the movie. She did call and it, it made a me upset because I was like, Nick, you deserve better than this main character. Doodle. See, here's the thing. A real cartoonist. You can't call it a doodle. No, no, no. That, that actually hurts. It's like uh, I like your little writings. I like your little scribbles there. 
now i think we're at we're near the end right like i think before we, we get end. to the hallmarks of the hallmark that we do Which i want to point out highlighted but we'll go through a recap <laughs> i want to point out the part of this movie that upset me the most we had another one of those scenarios like they do in all these kinds of movies where they're not allowed to communicate with each other so sarah was supposed to meet nick at seven o'clock to have food and and to go over their ideas for the Christmas story. And Sarah ended up going to dinner with Cole and showed up late to Nick's. She she says she's sorry she had dinner with Cole. Couldn't tell Nick. I mean, Nick carries around an iPad with him everywhere. Yeah, he's a you could communicate with him. She shows up with a bag and she says, I brought like a apology present cake. or something. Yeah, se- seven yeah. layer cake. Yeah. So inside it's a seven layer cake. And oh, I'm sorry. She, I didn't mean no, to no, step no, it you. doesn't matter. But so it's a seven layer cake and Nick is like, all right, all right. Like he just lets her be like, it's the way to his heart is with the seven layer cake, which I totally get because I love seven layer cake myself. Here's where I'm mad. All right. That whatever was on the table, whatever lies in cake form, they decided were seven layer cake. I don't know what they do in St. Paul, Minnesota, or if this is more gaslighting that this is what seven layer cake is seven layers of cake oh yeah separated by a thin fudge stripe oh it's beautiful yeah it's awesome this was pink (laughs) it had it had at most five layers if you're really stretching it was three just like the columns of her newspaper article (laughs) there were three layers in this seven layer cake of pink icing i was furious (laughs) if that's what came to me as an apology and you say seven layer cake and you give me this pink three-letter nonsense i'm not forgiving you i'm moving on like the dad wanted me to first of all if i ever had to apologize to you in food form i know it's costco chocolate chip cookies well yeah definitely but i do like a seven layer cake I didn't notice this. I love that how how it triggered something in you to make (laughs) you real mad it made lolly mad too my wife like she, I didn't even say that. It was in my notes. And then we started watching it because I watch it with her because she wants to listen to the podcast. Right. So we watch it together. At see, night. see, knees, we got listeners. <laughs> so when it got to that point, she's like, that's not seven layer cake. Like a legit. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I know. know. I have the notes. Yeah, it, it's 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 weird that there's just this complete. Life. All it is now is like nowadays you don't even have to go. Excuse me. I got to make a call. You just do the slight phone under the table tech. Yeah. Or you say, I just have to text someone. You know, you can even talk to the person while texting them. And then just say, listen, on a date, running late, bringing you something special. Because Zini's is known for their three-layer, seven-layer cake. (laughs) Remember, you don't need all seven layers to enjoy all seven layers, people. Get it in three. It's that tasty at Zini's. (laughs) Zini's Italian restaurant, known for their famous three-layer, seven-layer cake. Try pink. It's what we serve it in. (laughs) Three-sevenths the cake for half the price. Wait, what? Did it? Just working through that whole... <laughs> the convert fractions get common denominators. This isn't working. <laughs> I forgot which fast food restaurant it was that they tried to beat the quarter pounder by introducing it doesn't roll off the tongue yeah, as quickly, yeah. the one third pounder. Yeah, yeah. And people were furious because they thought they were getting less meat. Less meat. Because yeah. three is lower number than four, it but is. it's a bigger totally fraction is. than it's the <laughs> I can't go. No chance. Nope. <laughs> They realize, Pepsi realized that people like to drink soda for breakfast instead of coffee. Big in the South, I've seen this happen. Watched it with wonder in my eyes and f- fascination. <laughs> I've done it. So, it's amazing. Yeah, no, see, 
You it never know. Through, it got me through Saturday Nutcracker for you, morning. You never, I had a Pepsi for morning. The, you never know what <laughs> body's capable of. Pepsi for morning. So Pepsi introduced Pepsi AM to try to sell it as morning, oh. and it failed because people assumed you couldn't have it after morning. Oh. So these are the same people who are drinking regular Pepsi in Bless the morning. Bless their hearts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's. there's Liam was just thoroughly <laughs> by Pepsi AM. Liam it's like 11.59, and it's pouring out the side of Liam's face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to switch cans. This is so delicious. All right. So hallmarks of a Hallmark movie. The hallmarks of the Hallmark. So these are actually all pretty obvious. Yeah. Uh, the importance of Christmas traditions, in this case, building the snowman every December 12th. Yep. Someone is secretly in love with their best friend. That is the entire plot of this yep. movie. And a big career change. This is a curious one. Because she gets to be the head, she gets to live her life as a travel writer for a magazine that's actually all about Twin Cities. I understood the senior editor's first point. It's like, yeah. it's not about travel. It's, if you want to do that, work for travel and leisure. But you can't because they don't have an office and I don't think they do satellite. Right. No, it's all freelance writing. She could work for travel and leisure. But she gets, <laughs> what I'm saying is travel and leisure, be a sponsor. No, the, the Wi-Fi, like the internet in St. Paul, only allows Just, you to look up St. Paul things. There's like a firewall up around. It's like North Korea. <laughs> yeah. So she gets a big career change without changing her life, without yeah. having to move yeah. out, without ever leaving home, while still getting to live with the dead. Nick's just gonna slowly be forced into this lifestyle, and it'll get closer and more House of Usher-ish, and it's just... There's a Mike Flanagan horror series coming out of this by the end of it. Something's just the snowman's going to come back and kill them all or be or prove to actually be herb. It's fascinating. But having said all this and having almost talked ourselves out of it several mm -hmm. times, it was an enjoyable film. It was a cute film. Yeah, it was an it. honestly funny film at times. Yeah. To show you how this movie was very pleasant and enjoyable to watch. Yeah. We spent however long we just talked about this movie coming up with mostly mythology and lore and crazy theories, then ripping it apart. Yeah. You know, I, like, I think yeah, that says so, a lot. Yeah. Which brings us to next week's episode, a cowboy Christmas romance, a cowboy Christmas romance. See, you know, you, you focus on the Christmas, you forget. There the is romance. a cowboy Christmas. So, OK, yeah, this that is a cowboy Christmas romance. It came out last week. It came out December 9th. Yeah. On Lifetime. So this is, admittedly, this is one that you're going to have to look on your schedule, people. We tried to find things that you that you could watch on your own time. But if you do have Lifetime, record it. And Kevin, what is this one known for? It has the first Hallmarky type Christmas movie sex scene in like Lifetime history. And that's how we found out about this movie. Yeah. Because people are already, there's already chatter online about this. So let's get into it. This is, <laughs> let's put on our special robes, light, light all those Christmas candles that Ben had on his desk in a Christmas frequency. It was Ben, right? Yeah. That Liam accidentally lights himself on fire with when he tries to get sexy with Maya. I think it was Maya. I, th we're that is right. these. I yeah. think that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So this is. We're gonna we're gonna wrap up our Christmas special on the sexiest note possible for the holidays, uh -huh. and <laughs> <laughs> the flatness of that was perfect. And then we are taking a week off, like most people will. And when we return from our Christmas holiday, our holiday holiday, which was ended up being an all Christmas holiday, we're back with season two of Moonlighting, whereupon we will meet 
David's brother. All right. So next week, Cowboy Christmas Romance. And we're hoping you're enjoying your own holiday. If you are listening to this the very moment, actually, by the time this comes out, I think Hanukkah will have ended, but still happy Hanukkah. Yeah, happy Hanukkah, and uh, you know, go to Zinis. Go to Zinis. There, there. You're probably going to miss a Hanukkah special. It would have involved eggplant. It also would have. I don't know. They try Zinis <laughs> Italian restaurant. <laughs> they, they try. try. Okay. Bye, Jess. Bye, kids. <laughs>